and welcome back to the Ask Box for episode four. I'm really excited to have the singer of our very own theme song, uh, Steph Knipe of Adult Mom, and they are going to be talking about their experiences on Tumblr music fandom. All right, thanks so much for coming on the show, Steph. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so if you want, can you just, yeah, tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Well, um, yeah, my name is Steph. I am in a band called Adult Mom, um, and I have been on Tumblr for a decade, which is crazy to say and think about. Um, yeah, Uh (laughs) that's my intro. That's me. (laughs) Um, when, uh, when did you first join? Do you remember? Yes. Um, August of 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) What was the, what was the inciting event? What made you sign up for that account? Um, okay. So I was really into this band, Bright Eyes, um, Uh and was kind of like searching all over the internet to find like information about the band and then like Mm -hmm. stumbled upon like a fan tumblr blog for bright eyes and uh, i was like whoa i gotta i gotta do that (laughs) i gotta join do you remember what that blog specifically was called or and or who it was run by oh my god no but it was definitely (laughs) it was definitely something really 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 silly and like definitely like called something like connor oberst forever or something Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) That's amazing. Um, I feel like that's early on how a lot of people found Tumblr is just through Googling and it's what comes up yeah. when you search someone specific. That's how I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you joined, you what was your what was your first URL? <laughs> okay. So again, connecting with the bright eyes thing, um, mm-hmm. my URL was eyesarebright.tumblr.com. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a great URL. Yeah. Um, and who, what were the, what were the first blogs that you followed other than that first one that you found? Well, okay. So I found that and then I, I feel like it was my friend's blog. I started then following like a bunch of, um, people who were like, on like being reposted on that blog and like pe- uh-huh. people that I still know. So like my friend, my two friends, Katie's, like two Katie's, um, this person called Cherokee and like Nikki, like literally like a, like a web of like six or seven people. Um, and those were the people that were the most actively posting about Bright Eyes on Tumblr at the time. Yes. Yes. It was like a small community. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that early on. What do you, what do you remember about the way that Tumblr worked back in those days was it mostly just reblogs back and forth yeah I well now I'm trying to think like because that was when like tumblarity was still a thing if you're if you remember right (laughs) yeah so like whatever like the statistics of like your posts and stuff Mm -hmm. so like but yeah back then I feel like it was treated a lot like um like a message board you know so like we would like re blog or whatever like because there wasn't like a question I don't think there was an ask box yet or anything so we would uh, just yeah. like reblog and like have conversations like throughout the reblog process mm-hmm. yeah 
um, in that era of Bright Eyes, had like a new album just come out? It was right before um, their like last album came out, which I think maybe came out in 2010, but I got to check. So what was the atmosphere like on the site when when that album came out? Um, pretty hectic and like very oh yeah yeah okay the people's key came out in 2011 so it was a little bit later but Uh it it was definitely like because I think okay when the people's key came out which was in 2011 and like I was in my bright eyes fandom heyday in like 2009 and 2010 like early Uh and so at that point I feel like everyone had kind of like moved on or like stepped back a little bit from like being uh-huh. super crazed about the band but it definitely like I feel yeah. like it brought us all back <laughs> oh I mean I feel like there are so much fandom activity happens in the spaces between mm-hmm. you know so it makes sense that a huge amount of fandom activity would have been happening like in between album releases because that is when I guess the the fan the fandom creative mind is like the most fertile because there's nothing else to do exactly and also you're like more starved for community because like yeah like bright eyes had been kind of idle for a couple years and so it's like also we were all none of us were teenagers when they were like actually touring and like a like a famous band you know what i mean Uh uh-huh because like they i mean like like Casadega came out in 2007 and that was kind of like the last thing until 2011 so like we kind of missed like that whole wave of stuff for the band and so we were just like clutching at like we just like wanted to talk about the band wanted to talk about Connor Oberst like didn't have any other outlet besides each other Mm -hmm. and I can imagine that yeah, like coming in during that during that time meant that the band wasn't a hot topic on like any critical websites. There wasn't that much like professional level content to consume, I guess. So, you know, it's good mm-hmm. that you guys had that had that space to congregate sort of in the absence of any like actual activity. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, for, I don't know that much about about Bright Eyes. So, they didn't break up. But they just went on hiatus and then came back for one last album? I think so. Well, I guess kind of what I like kind of what happened is that like so Connor like Bright Eyes like did their like last album, like Casadega, and then Connor Oberst like started a, like did a solo record and then had like another band called the Mystic Valley Band. Uh-huh. And like toured with them and did um that for a few years and then came back with a bright eyes record did he tour that 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 last bright eyes record at all yeah yeah i I was that's the only time i've seen bright eyes i saw that tour so was it a big thing in your online community that everybody you know finding this thing reawakening you know went to these shows oh yeah like and i remember like we would like call each other at the show and like Mm -hmm. record like our like our like people like they just like hold the phone out like for our friends like favorite songs and stuff Aww. like that. <laughs> That's really cute. Did the did the fan community 
um, grow at all on Tumblr in between when you joined and when the album came out? Or was it mostly the same group of people? You know, it it probably grew, but I think it at least like in our little little group, like it it kind of remained the same throughout mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What were some other bands that you posted about? You know, in that sort of high time of of two thousand nine, two thousand ten. <laughs> well, definitely. So, like, it was all about like the set, like Saddle Creek and like old mm-hmm. Saddle Creek bands and like. Like early Rilo Kylie and mm-hmm. um, like all of all of Jenny Lewis's stuff, um, like Azure Ray, Cursive, um, so like all of the kind of like original Saddle Creek bands were, and obviously Connor Oberst like side projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we were really, really, really into the Mystic Valley band and like all the people who were a part of that project. Uh huh. What was the main, I mean, coming from like, it's interesting, like coming from, I've been in music fandoms, but that was only like after I was on Tumblr, I guess, and at least Mm -hmm. like early on. So like my experience early on with Tumblr was mostly, you know, TV and movies. So I'm interested to know, like, what were the, what what were the things that you made? What, What did you make like GIFs of videos of the band? Like, was there graphic activity in the way that there was? In, in TV fandoms with people like cutting and pasting pictures together in Photoshop, um, like, you know, production wise. Oh, yeah. I think there was a lot of um, like meme making. Mm. Um, so like a lot of like joke, like jokes that were made about like melodramatic lyrics and stuff like uh-huh. that. So, like, kind of, like, poking fun, probably mostly at ourselves. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember, like, a lot of a lot of memes. Um, what are some sp- – I'm interested to know, like, what are the specific <laughs> memes and catchphrases that you remember? <laughs> well, you know, like – okay, it's hard to describe. Like, you know, like, the old meme format where it's, like, the vector, um, like, background. It's, like, a Photoshopped face in the middle. And then there's, like, the two – Oh, yeah, the advice plot. animal. Yes, like that kind of format. Like that was that. Yes, (laughs) and like so that was like the format. Uh And again, like I, I was not like Photoshop savvy per se, but like all the other people would like make like like cut out like Connor Oberst's face from like on Photoshop and like put it in the middle of like (laughs) yeah that, and then just like put like I can't even remember like literally just like the like silliest like most dramatic lyrics like over it but like obviously make it sound funnier Uh uh-huh i'm trying to i want to like really find. i wish i can remember (laughs) i want to see one of these that'd be funny i know i honestly was searching like before to like prepare Uh i was like i have to find those memes and they're like wiped from the internet no seemingly i know um so most of the other people this was sort of like their main thing or, or did you get glimpses of any of the other Tumblr fandoms through your friend's activity? Just because I know that I was, you know, not aware that there was like a whole music side of Tumblr around this time. So I'm interested if you had any like peripheral awareness that people were like screaming about Doctor Who just a few clicks away. Yeah. I mean, there was like, I mean, I think there was some crossover stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But also, I'm trying to, like, I think, too, at this point, like, Doctor Who and, like, whatever, like, Supernatural, like, Mm -hmm. those fandoms were not at all in my sphere until, like, I kind of, like, got out of the Bright Eyes fandom and, like, extended or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think, I'm trying to remember, um, a lot of the, um, there was definitely, like, a bleed into, like, film Tumblr. Okay. Like, um, everyone was really into, well, like, David Lynch Tumblr. Like, okay. everyone was really into Twin Peaks and, like, that type that type of stuff, All you right. know? Yeah, that's that's an interesting crossover. Makes sense. <laughs> but there was, there was yeah, enough, sure. you know, Saddle Creek content to sustain a sort of vibrant community at that time. Yeah, which is kind of shocking, too, because, I mean again like most of these bands were dormant like at that time Uh like and like yeah like most of almost all I think maybe all of the bands were like not touring not making records like it's even like Rilo Kylie had already kind of I think almost broken up at that point Uh uh-huh um but like you know like it was all that we talked about yeah now I remember like it's like all this stuff is kind of like embarrassing kind of, but it's that's, fine. That's what this there is about. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> there is like on Connor Ober's birthday, like one year, I remember, I, I again, I must have been like 15. We, all of us stayed up like all night to like, comm- like literally commemorate the birthday. And we're just like posting our favorite lyrics and our favorite pictures and like, I also will stress that there was always a um, a group like Skype message happening, uh-huh. like while we were blogging. I like that so, sort of like a dual carriageway fandom design. Mm-hmm. It was like we were in like had to constantly talk, <laughs> no matter what. Uh huh. And I I think that's amazing. It's also there's there's such a difference I think between fans. And fandom. I mean, Bright Eyes as a band obviously was popular and like had a lot of fans and still has a lot of fans. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I feel like this specific fandom activity, it may have been this like special and unique moment in time because it requires so many elements to like happen. It requires a lot of young people with time on their hands. It requires Mm -hmm. them all to meet each other, to like each other and be willing to and also have a platform to sort of, you know, put their love through that is amenable to that kind of communication. So I think this was may have been that point in time where this was like an emergent phenomenon. Yeah. And also, I think and this was like the reason why I think I attached myself so much to the band was like, you know, I was like massively depressed and like a Mm -hmm. 14, 15 year old kid, Mm -hmm. like lost. And like, so was everybody else. Right. You know? So like everyone was experiencing like levels of depression and anxiety and like isolation and like coming home from school and like, just like, you know, literally having nobody to talk to. Right. And so it's like once we, at least once I found everybody, I 
I like literally have a journal entry like open from 2009 like when I when I found the community uh-huh. and like I like wrote in my journal I was like I can't believe like I finally met people that like care about things that I care about and like I have people to talk to when I get home from school now like oh, that's, you know that's that's such a beautiful thing I think Tumblr for so many kids exactly that age that's what it was it was this lifeline especially I think we're, we must be right around the same age I'm 23 um yeah I'm, I'm turning 25 yeah so it's just like for that it's like that weird transition between junior high and high school you know things are changing people are trying so hard to be adults at that point mm-hmm. and it's just like having finding tumblr right at that time is this huge thing i think a lot of people our age can point to that especially ones who are like engaged in creative pursuits to this day Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like proof that you didn't have to you there, you didn't have to be a part of like whatever bullshit was happening you know socially mm-hmm. at school if you didn't want to be like there were alternatives Hmm. for sure and like that was uh, honestly like it's like I can I make so many jokes about like 2009 Tumblr and like like how ridiculous and kind of evil it was but you know it like legitimately like saved my life in a lot of ways Uh because like I you know I didn't like connect with anybody at school right like I was like going I having a really hard time and like finally yeah it was like this like big beautiful light of like internet community and like I had always I've always been like in internet communities like when MySpace was around I was in like the you know, like the panic at the disco fucking fandom <laughs> on MySpace. But it's like MySpace went away and like there was not there wasn't like I didn't notice or see any like fandom on Facebook when that came. No, that it's and so there was yeah, like not. there was like a gap. And then finally I feel like Tumblr kind of reignited like all that stuff. It's interesting that you went from MySpace to Tumblr. I, I've talked to a lot of people that have gone from LiveJournal to Tumblr. Me personally, mm. I think I went straight from a Warrior Cats roleplay board to Tumblr. That's neither here nor there. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I was a moderator. But Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I mean, there was a while there. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a right away. It was like there, were, there was a while there where I just couldn't find a place to be. Um, and, mm-hmm. and Tumblr you know, very quickly became that place. And and that's the thing. Like, if you were on Tumblr and you were posting, you had everything in common with the other people on there because they, too, Mm -hmm. were on Tumblr and they were posting Mm -hmm. instead of doing, you know, whatever else 14, 15-year-olds are doing. Exactly. Because also, like, this was the, whatever, the age of Tumblr where, like, yeah, like, people were joining specifically – I think we're like joining for fandom. Absolutely. Like and it was really 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 easy to get in to the group because I mean there were they were like a lot less people on the platform in general. Oh, for sure. You know? This is when, you know, like a thousand notes was a lot and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like a 100 yeah. followers was a lot. Well, I was just thinking like about um like it's like you like I met all those people 
through that fandom but also i was like as i got like i like grew up like on the website in a way mm-hmm. and it's like once i was like a senior in high school like i was like wow i was such a i was such a fucking nerd like three <laughs> years ago or whatever right and it's like even now like i'm like well obviously like a decade ago yeah. i'm like oh honey um yeah <laughs> but it's like funny too to be able to and again, I think this is like true of a lot of Tumblr users. It's like you're there's like a, a long period of time that you were on that website and you can like literally see your like weird feelings and growth like tracked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a it's such an archive, I think. And also, yeah, like the mechanics of posting and reblogging lend itself to discovery. I mean, because Tumblr is is such a content based site you know, versus something like Live Journal that really just encouraged people to like write their own stuff. Whereas Tumblr, there's a lot of regurgitation, but mm. that in itself is a method of discovery because you find one person that posts about something you're interested in. And then when you follow them, you see everything they post, not just what you're interested mm. in. And mm. and it's that sort of like tastemaking infrastructure that I think like so many people of our era have like formed their identities around like I wouldn't have watched Twin Peaks if it wasn't for Tumblr you know completely same like a million percent and like I also wouldn't have found out about like a lot of things like oh yeah like I feel like it's like hard to even think about like I mean in like music specifically like you know outside of like bright eye stuff like and then when I started to talk to more people and like be interested in things besides mm-hmm. one band like <laughs> like I yeah like you know everyone like people were showing me like Radiohead and like whatever was like popular than like Animal Collective stuff yeah. and like but like basically you know like 2010 indie like pitchfork stuff mm-hmm. and um I was like literally blown away like didn't know that there was all these like interesting things in the world and I guess even more shocking was like nobody you know in high school in my high school seemingly was interested in any of that stuff so it was like kind of shocking to see like all these kids my age you know like here's this weird shit that I like you know right right it's so it was so I mean I can't even imagine what it would have been like for me if I had had to like just be with the people I was with in real life every day, like high school wise, like the only reason I was able to tolerate it and even enjoy it at times was because I knew I could go home and, and turn mm-hmm. on my computer. Like it, it was like a sort of like a positive reinforcement thing. Um, oh, yeah. Also, I think it's interesting to point out that 2009, 2010 was sort of right before the rise of like when kids that age were getting smartphones like to go on tumblr Mm -hmm. i would go home and turn on my computer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it was a very physical almost devotional act (laughs) Mm. no that is so like yes exactly like it's so like rich it's like a ritual like i remember like i would like yeah like come from from school like take my backpack off like run up the stairs like open my computer and like log in you know yes Exactly. And I mean, it's, you know, the dashboard itself is sort of like, mm. you know, an altar. Okay, now I'm getting into. Gratitude <laughs> I love it. I need to shut up. I love it. 
Um, but like, you know, having it be, you know, like the theme song, full screen on your computer <laughs> rather than like scrolling on your phone. I think that's a huge distinction. I mean, I remember when the Tumblr mobile app came out, it was like a huge deal. But oh, I did yeah. feel like that was going to change the relationship that teenagers especially had with the website. Yeah, and because there's no se- – there's the separation is gone. Like right. you can blog from school and right. like you can be connected at all times, which like, again, like, you know, there's definitely a, a beauty to that aspect of mm-hmm. it. But it does kind of take away like just like the separation of space. It's like, you know, it's like you're at school all day or whatever you're doing as a teen and then it's like you have like finally a relief and like – I feel like it's more intimate and more powerful when it's just you alone in your room, you know, yes. looking at yeah. stuff. Because I also, when yeah. the Tumblr app came out, I was horrified to look at it, like, uh-huh. anywhere else. It's still ugly as shit. <laughs> yeah, it's ugly. But also, I was like, oh my god, like, people are gonna, like, post porn or, like... <laughs> or, like, right. people are gonna find... Oh my god, I was so stressed about people finding out that I had a tumblr really i was, what was so that scared. like did you you like went to great lengths to to conceal it yeah like i think for a minute it was like password protected um uh-huh. but then i kind of stopped doing that but i was like yeah i was horrified that people from my high school would find it and like discover my like secret double life <laughs> i think that's like a very also very important component to those early days because these days, everybody has every social media, and that is known. And people, you know, can find it, or at least, at the very least, know that you have it because it's assumed. But, mm-hmm. like, 10 years ago, it's like, if you didn't tell people you had a Tumblr, there's no way they would know. Exactly. It wasn't that sort of it, – it didn't hold the same place in teenage identity as, as, like, an Instagram does today, for sure. Definitely. Because, and like – yeah. Well, you had your you had your public, or at least like I had my public social media. Like I had uh-huh. Facebook, right, and like maybe Twitter, but like that was it. And it was like those were the places where you know I would be, uh, you know, a normal, a quote unquote normal person. And then I would like pull the sheet and like literally like kind of under the covers go to Tumblr and like actually be my true self and like you know there's like that whole modality is like super queer like in like it's like oh like you know like there was like a there's a space for me to like experiment and like you know whatever probably definitely have like gay feelings and like do things Uh and yeah and it's like yeah this like under this yeah like under this like little blanket fort and yeah I mean it's a sanctuary Mm-hmm, and especially sure. back then it was a sanctuary I think you know to some degree it, it probably still is today for the people who like want to use it that way but mm-hmm. back then the the way in which you were encouraged to use it was much more restricted to like this is a private fun thing like that's how everybody was using it yeah for sure and I, uh, I love that it's so beautiful I think yeah it was it was really beautiful and then I think as the site became more popular 
that aspect of it kind of lessened, which is to be expected. Like I remember noticing like in 2011 that there were a lot more people on the website than there used to be and kind Mm -hmm. of being like, oh, like I didn't know how to feel about that. There was, like, that whole panic about, like, people you knew getting tumblers. Yes. Oh, my God. I remember that. Yeah. Because I would always be like, oh, no. Like, they're going to they're gonna find mine. Like, right. it's going to happen. <laughs> and also, like, there was, like, a sense of pride, maybe. Like, I don't know if you felt this. But it's, like, this sense of pride of, like, I've been on this website since 2009. Like, uh-huh. it's everybody it's like i know what tumblarity is like you fools don't even (laughs) remember Uh the hell like yeah no idea and then like yeah like it started to get more popular and people were it was like more mainstream and i was like you know there was like i felt like uh, you know just like protective you know i was like oh yeah territorial absolutely (sighs) definitely um and and you know there was that sort of sense that you know, what you were doing, it wasn't like that you should be embarrassed about it. I don't think that was it. I think it was this that, yeah, it was something to be protected and something to be kept safe because mm-hmm. I don't think there was quite like a, a verbalization of what would happen, but it was sort of this knowledge that, yeah, I don't know, like this like in-group, out-group thing where you're just like, what I'm doing is not what everybody else is doing and that makes me, mm-hmm. you know, different, special, whatever. And also it's like, you know, I that is so real. And also mm-hmm. I felt like, um, you know, because I was felt so isolated and outcasted and whatever, it's like these like people who were, you know, like quote unquote normies or like, you know, like mean people in high school were like getting them in senior year. Yeah. And I was like, you clowns, like were the reason why I got this to like in the first place. Like I'm trying to escape this and like now it's becoming – you know what right. I was what, you know now it's just like Facebook and like now I have to perform again and like right you know like it's sort of like yeah offensive to the soul um <laughs> you know something I'm interested in when I was on Tumblr I was like a fan of you know films and tv and, and fictional things but you know you as a fan and in a fandom of like real people you know I know teen teenagers can be crazy about that sort of thing. So, like, you know, how what was the relationship that you had with like Connor Oberst as a person? Like, were you protective of him? And like, did people ever toe the line and stuff like that? Oh yeah, I mean, definitely as a teen. I mean, like, I was like very protective and like, you know, I like I feel like my attachment to it was like. Like, I had, like, like, like long blog posts, like, journal entry, like, blog posts that were just, like, mm-hmm. he is, like, the savior of music. Like, just, like, very, like, I, like, he, to me, he was, like, an icon. You know what I right. mean? And so, I mean, definitely a lot of projections going on with that. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, whatever, like, you know, like, not, not super great, like, ways to engage with people. Like, right. Like, and now, it's, you know. Connor Roberts is a literal like a human being but it's like and like you know but it's like back in the day it was like no no like he is like superior like on a pedestal like untouchable um and any and I used to get made fun of so much in high school for 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 liking bright eyes and stuff 
and again, it was like a secret, but like if people would find out, like I would literally get bullied for yeah. it. I know it's like set. I'm like, you know, it's just, you know, relax. But yeah, like people, yeah, you know, like, and I was like, my friends would like jab at me like as a joke, but like, I was like so offended because I was like, you know, like this is like the first time I've ever heard lyrics that like talk openly about depression and like uh-huh. things that matter. Like it was like a revolution for me. Like, and I was like, oh my God, like you're literally stripping away like everything that I care about, like with your stupid joke. Like it's so, so productive. You take it, it so personally back, oh, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're young, it's just like if they insult your favorite thing, they insult you directly might as well be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a it's like a kick in the face. It's like that's my prized possession. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. I think in and and if people, I, yeah. So I can see how it would be. It would be scary to imagine people people finding the Tumblr at your at, in the sort of you know golden days of that of that Tumblr fandom. People had similar relationships to to the band and to and to Connor that you you empathize with yeah and like yeah everyone had definitely like a super big admiration but I will I really remember this too of like there were certain people in the fandom who were like way 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 over the top like Mm -hmm. about it and like you know almost like definitely like crossing the line of like you know someone who I admire and then like 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 I really feel like some people were like literally convinced themselves that they were like actually in love (laughs) like (laughs) viscerally like with this person Uh uh-huh and I always that that is the danger of any like real person fandom you know including like actors in tv shows and stuff like that yeah and it's like you know that's like kind of that's i mean you know it's scary like yeah i mean i'm not like gonna blame like 14 year old girls like for because you know i was a part of it right but like thinking now i'm like you know it, it was so innocent and there was nothing that was like dangerous about it but you know like you're an artist and a person who like definitely didn't want to be you know like heroicized in any way or like projected on and it's but it's like yeah. the nature of fame or whatever it is yeah I also think that specifically you know bright eyes as an object of of affection because the lyrics speak so much to things that 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 people in your community experienced it was that sort mm-hmm. of transference that was much easier to slip into maybe than in other fandoms where the narrative was more complex or fictional or, or or totally separate from the lived experiences of the fans. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I mean, yeah, that's what made it so intense, I feel like. An intimate yeah. feeling. Yeah. Cause it was like, you know, I feel like everyone kind of had that idea of like this man understands me (laughs) like he's talking directly to me exactly whereas like in a tv show it's like okay well there's one layer of separation which is like the script and the narrative which you Mm -hmm. know is fictional Mm -hmm. but with bright eyes yeah it's like it's so close it's like 
right up on that edge of like of like an actual conversation mm-hmm and I'll, you know and there's so many like sonic things about it like you know hit like a lot of the music is you know stripped down mm-hmm. and like you know uses like you pronoun like it's like he, you know it's like he's writing a letter kind of right, and it's like right. it's so easy to like put yourself you know like as the person that you know he's talking about or whatever it's like you know and I think it's like that's I think what the most amazing thing about that band was was like mm-hmm. how how everyone in that project like out, even outside of Connor like created like intimate space with like the music and like the instruments and everything yeah like it like brought yeah it it made you feel like you were there and like that's I don't know I feel like that's like a really rare experience to have as a person like ever like especially maybe now yeah I mean it also so formative if you're connecting with it at at, like an impressionable age Mm -hmm. um you know, in terms of music and, like, sharing music, was there, like, a culture of, like, uploading MP3s and sharing rarities and stuff and diving, like, really deep into the catalog? Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, because it, oh, my God, it's, like, funny. It's, like, before Spotify and whatever. Right. But, yeah, like, yeah. And, like, that was, like, Tumblr wasn't regulating audio posts at that point. Right. So, yeah, everyone was – would up, you could upload anything ever. Like, people would just have, like, threads of, like, full albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. And – or, like, yeah, I remember there was, like, you know, like, li- like live bootleg recordings that people would just, like, go to shows and then just, like, upload it. And it sounded so bad. <laughs> but, like, it was so exciting, like, just, like, ha, like, <laughs> of, like, a new song. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, I mean the thrill of, of 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 something that you haven't heard before, even if it's a song you know by heart. Mm-hmm. I think that's oh, one yeah. of the joys of of music fandom, which is not something I figured out until I was maybe eighteen or nineteen when I was in my first band fandoms. But just like I, I before that, I could never figure out, you know, what was so exciting about being a fan of a band and like sharing the same songs that you've heard over and over. And then when it kicked in for me, I was like oh my god this is so different than any other fandom I've been in before it's such a different modality of of expression of 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 you know and I I, it was it was not it's not something anything I can explain why it's exciting to Mm -hmm. hear a different version of a song that you know it just is Mm -hmm. it just is and it's like it it's also just like you know when someone posts like whatever a live recording or a demo or whatever uh-huh. that you haven't heard before it's like the entire community of people is like yes like something to get super stoked on right now <laughs> like and it's like kind of that experience it's like yes like another thing like we can all be excited about it like we can yeah. all just like have this constant reblog loop of like wow uh-huh. this is so amazing yeah it's like it's total influx of joy yeah, yeah, I mean, Tumblr lends itself to that um, sort of insane hunger to be excited mm-hmm. because of that community aspect and because it's so fun to feel emotions alongside others who are feeling those same emotions. I mean, that's why it's fun to be at a concert. But if you can't be mm-hmm. at a concert, 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the next best thing is just like endless reblock chains. And so you know that everybody else who's online with you is feeling the exact same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, we would do a lot of like group, like group listenings of like records. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, uh, there was like a documentary that came out called One of My Kind and it, it's about like the Mystic Valley band. And like, we all like pressed play at the same time and like watched it together. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it's like, and like, you know, or like Skype, like, like video chat, like while yeah. watching. And you know, like, it's like all those things of like, exactly like having that human connection, you know, that you like all of us were obviously like yeah. desperate for. Oh yeah. And, and I think of that a lot too, about how maybe that like made the band more important to us is like yeah like the music was amazing but the community was what was actually amazing and so it like made us love the band way more like it made the band much bigger right you know what I mean you know maybe it's something that happened to occur around that band but it was maybe just more a function of of what the community needed from each other at that time exactly yeah exactly yeah well I think that's really beautiful so you guys all still keep in touch yeah I it's like last so last summer or no sorry last a year ago I was on tour and I was in um Portland Oregon Mm -hmm. and uh four of my friends from that community who I had never met before like surprised me and like showed up <gasps> at our show. Aww. I know. <laughs> That's I was like a mess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like crying. And also like the other, I mean like the other layer of all of this was like, I was also like, that's how I learned how to play guitar, like through learning bright eye songs. And like, uh-huh. that's, I was like posting covers and like, you know, like that's how I started to play. Yeah. And so like those people had literally been there the entire time and had seen every every step of the process. Uh-huh. So it was like it's like more emotional than like a almost like a family member going to a show because you're like, you literally have been there since yeah, the beginning. I can imagine. Um, do you know if Connor Oberst has heard your music? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, maybe. I again I, I guess there's not that many degrees of separation. Yeah, I was gonna and say that's what's like, kind of funny, you know. But that's what's so like ridiculous about it now is like, you know, I would not say that we're peers in any way, but like, you know, we're in like it, it's like not that far away for me at this point. Right. And like definitely like it's embarrassing to talk about because I'm like, oh, like I am like a professional musician now, and like, you know, like I don't yeah. want to sound like a like crazy obsessed fan, and like, but you know, obviously as an adult, like right. I'm able to feel way less, you know, crazed yeah. or but you know more you know, humanized. Remember about- where you come from, et cetera. <laughs> exactly. I think for I feel I feel a similar thing. I mean, especially when I was. I, yeah, that I've had that moment a lot where it's like I'm meeting someone and they're the only reason that I'm there, you know, and I have mm-hmm. to just you know, play it cool and I have to respect my origins <laughs> and I have to respect 
you know, what someone's work has done for me and, and, and how far it has, how, how far it has brought me. Can I tell like a brief story about this? Oh, exact... absolutely. I like, so that same tour, like we were, um, on tour with, uh, Lucy Dacus and, uh-huh. um, she, we played in Omaha, Nebraska, mm-hmm. which is like where Saddle Creek originated and like mm-hmm. all of, all of it. I was like very excited about that. And um uh it's also funny because I like know the people who run Saddle Creek now and they're wonderful and like really nice, but whatever. Uh-huh. But like we we were playing the pe- like Amber and Rob from, from Saddle Creek were there and we were hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then like Mike Mogus, who is a member of Bright Eyes, but also is like a very like big pro- like a producer of like a million records that mm-hmm. I like am obsessed with like including Uh. bright eyes and like rilo kylie and like all that stuff so like like he just like walked into the green room and i was like holy shit like (laughs) but like definitely had to like play it cool and be like oh my god like nice to meet you like Uh moment and like and he and then like we all like the whole touring crew like went to his studio the next day and just like walked around and stuff and like Again, like, everyone was like, this is cool. Like, very cool. And I was like, yes, very, very cool. Like, interesting. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then, like, we got back to the Airbnb, and I was like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was, like, so – it felt so full circle. Yeah. It was just, like, so overwhelming. I was like, I need to tell – like, I need to text everybody from this fandom community and be like, guess where I just was (laughs) – that's 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 amazing i love that um well yeah i think it's i think that's a really incredible story and it's it's something that i think a lot of people who choose to take a creative career path can relate to is like you know once upon a time they were that they were that fan Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um well, thank you. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast i really love to hear about all this stuff that i really did not know about Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me and letting me just, you know, talk about silly things. I know it's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. The Ask Box theme song is by today's guest, Adult Mom. Please subscribe on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your friends too. That would be super cool of you. Next week, we'll be talking Inception. So tune in. Still the way.